Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because if you'll shout, he will bring you out. If you shout, he'll work it out. Amen. But Brother Roland talked about traveling this weekend. Everybody shout this weekend. I'm talking about the last weekend of April of 1973. 46 years ago this weekend, I started traveling as an evangelist. And guess what? I refuse to quit. Come on now. I've come too far to turn back now. I fought too many devils and deacons to turn back now. Come on now. I made up my mind a long time ago, and I made up mine is a battle already won. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Now, I've come this far just to have come this far. And God has blessed me. How many of you have been blessed? Come on, shout amen. Well, guess what? You haven't seen anything yet. Don't fret. You haven't seen anything yet. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Didn't praise and worship a moment ago, and the Lord began to speak to my heart. Now, this is not my message. So don't take off my time. Come on now. But I wrote it down for Island Church. You'll never go back. For those were the days of heartache and lack. God says you're moving ahead. Great things are ahead for you as you are spirit-led. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, somebody. Let me ask you a question. God spoke this to me the first part of this year. For the body of Christ. He said for many of you, and I'm talking about for some of you today. For many of you, in days gone by, it was rough and tough. Do I get a witness? He said, but from from this day forth, it's going to be days of more than enough. Hallelujah. I'm talking about El Shaddai days. I'm talking about more. Everybody shout more. Everybody shout more. Shout again more. And Brother Dustin, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hell will say it's not going to be no more. But God said for you there could be door after door. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, somebody. Don't you love him, church? My God, have mercy. Woo! I don't know about you, but I feel something coming on. Hallelujah. Now, I know we don't go by feelings. Come on, is that right? We don't go by feelings, but I love to feel like I feel like I do right now. Hallelujah. And I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I feel a James Brown anointing coming on. Wow, I feel good. Come on now. Whoa, somebody. God is so good. Well, Island Church, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. But today, especially, they're not here, but I want to say how much I love, I honor, and I bless our pastors. Pastors Rusty and Leah. How many of you love and appreciate our pastors? Come on, say amen. Come on, let them know. Raise your hands up high and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, glory, glory, glory. I'm ready. 
I'm ready. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for more? More, more, more. Would you stand, please? Glory to God. Oh, just keep on playing, brother. In the key of S. That's for shout. Come on, shout. Woo! Don't pout, don't doubt, but shout. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. There's something about praise. It's time to raise our praise. Because when you begin to praise them, something begins to happen. When you begin to praise them, their very atmosphere roundabout is charged and changed. When you begin to praise him, what happens? Great things will begin to happen. And I believe many of you need great things to happen in your life. If you do shout, I do. Would you raise your hands just one more time all over this place? Just raise your hands and raise your hearts and raise your voices one more time and offer another note of praise. Come on, church. Another note of praise. Another note of praise. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Oh, the Bible says from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. The Bible tells us great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Come on, church, one more time. Praise him. Praise him. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. And remember this. The depths of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. So keep on praising ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm ready to preach. It's been a long time. I haven't preached in a long time. It's been a couple of days. I'm getting antsy. Hallelujah. Woo, my Lord. Dogs bark, birds chirp. I got to preach. Hallelujah. Somebody said yesterday, well, where do you got to preach tomorrow? I said, I don't. They said, you're off. No. I said, I'm in Galveston. Well, you said you don't got to. I said, no, I get to. Hallelujah. I get to preach. How many know, Brother Destin, it's a blessing to preach the gospel, to preach the good news, the uncompromised word of the Most High God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles and I trust you to remain standing, please. And reading this morning from the Holy Version, the same one that Moses preached from, that Paul preached from, and I'm going to preach from, the King James Version. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody said, what about all these different translations? What about all these different verses? Well, there's some wise versions and some foolish verses. Come on now. You'll catch that later. Oh. But how many of you need a, a touch from the master? Anybody? How many of you need a miracle from the master? How many of you need a breakthrough from the master? We'll be back tonight. I'm ready to preach, but here, let me ask this question. How many of you are just Sunday morning Christians. If you're just a Sunday morning Christian, would you raise your hand up high, begin to wave it, and shout glory, hallelujah, anybody? If you're just a Sunday morning Christian, well, guess what, Brother Roland? We'll be back tonight, hallelujah. <laughs> but I believe tonight God's going to meet you at your point of need. 
guess what? Tonight it's going to be great. Amen. So don't be late. Hallelujah. If you can't get here on time, just get here early. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. I feel good. Would you turn please this morning to the book of Genesis? Genesis chapter 32. How many appreciate our praise team? Come on, say amen. Oh, we love them. We bless them. Genesis. If you know where that is, you're in big time trouble. Come on now. But Genesis chapter 32. Now we're going to begin this morning with verse number 22. Now I'm talking about Jacob. And let me say this before I start things off. If your name happens to be Jacob, guess what? It's okay. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. <laughs> but Genesis chapter 32, beginning with verse number 22, talking about Jacob. And he rose up that night. Everybody shout that night. Come on, shout it again. You see, that night was destined to be a night of transition. That night was destined to be a night of new beginnings. That night was destined to be a night of change. Let me tell you something. God can turn things for you overnight. When God gets involved, it doesn't take God long at all. You see, one moment you can be out chasing your father's donkeys. And overnight, you become the king of Israel. One moment you're out tending sheep on the backside of the wilderness. But overnight, you become known as a giant killer. Overnight, you're outnumbered by the enemy. You're facing doom all around. But overnight, God can send one angel to wipe out the entire enemy army. One moment, you're in the prison house, bound in chains. But overnight, God can take you from the prison house to the palace, and you become the prime minister. One moment, you're dying of cancer. But overnight, the doctor will tell you, I'm sorry, but there's no more cancer, no more disease in your body. One moment, you say, but I don't know what to do. But overnight, God can turn it for you and make a way where seemly there is no way. Everybody shout overnight. I'm not preaching on that, but it sounded good. <laughs> and Jacob rose up that night and took his two wives. That boy is already in trouble. Come on now. <laughs> and his two women servants and his football team, the 11 sons, come on now. And passed over the Ford Jabbok, or the Brook Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me or until you bless me. And he said to him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. 
For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou hast asked after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Beloved, I want more. Hear me now. I want more than just being blessed. I want to be changed. Let me say it again. I want more than just being blessed. I want to be changed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, your word is life-giving. Your word is life-changing. Father, I believe today, because of your word, we will never be the same again. We believe, Father, today, because of your word, we will be motivated, we'll be challenged, we'll be stirred. But Father God, above all things, we will be changed. We thank you now. We bless you and all of God's people said together amen. amen that sounded good you better say it again amen God bless you you may be seated if you can I said I want more than just being blessed I want to be changed. And my friends, I love the blessings of God. In fact, I am addicted to the blessings of God, and he supports my habit. Amen. You see, but more than that, I want more than just being blessed. I want to be changed. But I want you to notice this story. I want you to notice the man by the name of Jacob. He said Jacob was always on the run, running here and running there. He see, when he lived at his father's house because of greed, he got the brothers, the firstborn's blessing that rightfully belonged to Esau. And then he deceived his father Isaac, and he got the father's blessing. And because of that, his brother Esau got mad. He got ticked off. He got furious. And guess what? Jacob began to run. He ran, and he ran from his father's house, and he went to his uncle Laban's house. And there, when he lived with his uncle Laban, he married two of his cousins. They were from West Virginia. Come on now. But when things got rough and tough, when things got hot and heavy in Esau's house, he began to run again. He was always on the run, kind of like Forrest Gump. I just felt like running. Come on now. I'm talking about he was always on the run. But you see, Jacob, at this point, when he left his uncle Laban's house, he was on the way back to his father's house. But you see, Jacob knew something was going to happen. He knew on the next day, on the morrow, he was going to encounter his brother Esau. Esau was his blood brother, but guess what else? Esau was out for blood. And the Bible tells us in this same chapter, in verse number 7, that Jacob was greatly afraid. How many of you would have been too? Come on now. Because he knew his brother was out for blood and murder in his heart. Fear had gripped him. And my friend, fear will affect your life. And if you're not careful, it will infect your life. 
But you see, he was on the run, and he knew the next day he was going to encounter his brother Esau. And so the Bible tells us that his sin is too wise before him. His two women servants before him, his 11 sons, and all that he had. And the Bible tells us at this point, he had been crossed over the brook Jabbok. Everybody shout Jabbok. Now, the name Jabbok has a twofold meaning. First of all, Jabbok means to be emptied out. And that's what God is saying in this hour. I want you to be emptied of yourself and filled up with me. Come on now. But also, Jabba means something else. It means this, and God has caused me to pass this way. And God has caused me to pass this way. You see, sometimes you're here and there because of what God has done. Not because of what he's done and she's done, because of what God has done. You see, God knows how to bring it together. God knows how to orchestrate things just right. He knew how to bring Jonah to the bottom of the sea in the belly of the whale to make a decision in his life. He knew how to bring Saul of Tarsus to the Damascus Road on that day to bring a decision in his life. And Guess what? He knew exactly how to bring Jacob to that point. But he crossed over. Let me come on down. I don't want to be high and lift it up. Come on down. But he crossed over the brook Jabbok. And he went to the top of the mountain to be alone. But guess what? He wasn't alone for long. Somebody showed up. Come on out. And let me say something, beloved. In your times of heartaches and troubles, guess what? You're never going to be alone because somebody is going to show up. But he went to the top of the mountains to say, hey, what am I going to do? I can't figure this out. I need an answer. How many of you need an answer? Come on out. But he went to the top of the mountain, to the top of Mount Peniel, because he needed an answer. But the Bible tells us when he got there, somebody showed up. Who was it? The Bible tells us it was a man. Who was it? Later on, Jacob said, I saw God face to face. The prophet Hosea said it was God that wrestled with him. So who was it? It was God. So they're on the top of the mountain to be alone. Guess what? God came on the scene. And guess what? The Bible tells us, and the two of them begin to wrestle all night long. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wrestled with the Lord? Come on, talk to me now. Let me ask you again. Have you ever wrestled with the Lord? Come on, talk to me. I'm not talking about in the natural, but I'm talking about his will and your will. He'll say, go here. You'll say, I don't want to go there. Do this, my Lord. I don't want to do that. But say this, my Lord. You know, you know, you know. I don't want to say that. Have you ever had to wrestle with the Lord? Guess what? You might as well give up now because he has never lost about yet. Yeah, come on now. And so here they were on the top of the mountain wrestling. And you've been wrestling, but I'm asking the question, how long have you wrestled? The Bible says they wrestled all night long. But how long has your night been? Maybe at a little night. Maybe your night has been one day, one week, one month, one year. I don't know. But my friend, God has greater things for you. And they wrestled all night long. Who was there? 
In one corner, we've got Jacob. In the other corner, we've got the great I am that I am. In this corner, we've got Jake the snake. In the other corner, we've got the Almighty. And all night long, they began to wrestle. Now, in that time of wrestling, there was something that Jacob felt. Let me give you a hint. What was it? He felt what? He felt what? The hands of God. I need a volunteer, Brother Chris. Come here, Brother. <laughs> Put your hands there. All night long, they <laughs> begin to wrestle. <laughs> all night long. All night long. Thank you, Brother. But all night long, all night long, what did Jacob feel? Come on, talk to me. He felt what? The hands of God. And in Scripture, the hands of God always speak of the power of God or the Spirit of God. And in that encounter, he could feel the very hands of God. He could feel the presence of God, the Spirit of God. Oh, can you feel his presence? Come on, talk to me, church. And you see God when he wants to deal with you in certain ways. It's not in the midst of the multitude. It's not in the midst of the crowd. But it's you and God alone. That's why God took him to the top of the mountain because they begin to wrestle and they began to wrestle, they wrestled all night long. And finally the Lord saw the persistency, or should I say the stubbornness of Jacob. And the Lord said to Jacob, he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. And do you what? Bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me, until you bless me. Well, let me tell you something about Jacob. He was already a blessed man to some degree. You see, in the natural, he had the blessing of his father Isaac. He had the blessing of his grandfather Abraham. On the outside, he was blessed, but inwardly, he was bankrupt. But you see, Jacob was saying, I want more. I've got the blessing of my father Isaac. And I've got the blessing of my grandfather Abraham. But he was saying, my God, but I want your blessing. You see, I can bless you. Brother Dustin can bless you. I mean, somebody else can bless you. But guess what? When God blesses you, guess what? You are blessed. Come on now. But you see, there's something about him. He thought he'd live any way and have the blessings of God upon his life. He was saying, I want more. I want your blessings of God, and I'm determined. I won't give up. I'm not going to stop until I have your blessings. He was in denial. But guess what? God brought him to Penal. Hallelujah. I like that. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. But you see, he was saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. And it's not that God didn't want to bless Jacob. He wanted to bless Jacob more than Jacob wanted to be blessed. And guess what? He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. I know you're saying I want to be blessed more and more and more. But God said, my son, my daughter, you have no idea how much I want to bless you. But hear me. Before God can bless you the way that he wants to bless you, first of all, he's got to change you the way that he wants to change you. Come on, say Amen. I'm talking about because some people want certain blessings of God, but they're not ready to receive those blessings. They're immature. They're childish. They will do harm to themselves. 
There was no way that God was going to bless Jacob the way he wanted to until something happened. You say, what do you mean? Jacob had to be changed. He had to be changed. He had to be changed. He cried out. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. We've got to have that same determination. I'm going to let you go, my God, until you touch me, until you bless me, until you resolve, until you anoint my life like never before. But you see, there's more than that. And we want that church. Come on, talk to me, somebody. We want the greater touch, the greater blessings, the greater abundance, all the great things of God. But you see, God is so wise. How many of he's a lot smarter than we are? Come on down. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And the Lord asked him one question. He said, what is your name? I'm seeing him right now. He asked him the question, what is your name? He said, let's talk about something else. What is your name? What's well, a beautiful night out tonight. What is your name? Oh, let's change the subject. He said, what is your name? Now, in Bible times, the names meant something. It really did. But back in those days, in Bible times, what did the name Jacob mean? Come on, talk to me. What does the name Jacob mean? Tell me. Trickster. Deceiver. Supplammer. Schemer. Heel grabber. Lowlife. Scalabag. Riffraff. Politician. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, that was his name. How would you like to be at home outside playing your mama cry? Deceiver, come on in at supper time. <laughs> Walking in the streets, all your friends said, hello, trickster, come on now. But that's the way he was, the nature he had. And this schemer, this deceiver, this trickster. He was saying, I've got to have more of the blessings of God. But God said, I want to bless you, but there's no way that I can bless you the way you are. He said, first, I've got to change you. And hear me, my cries is the same thing. I said, I want more than just being blessed. I want to be changed. I want to be changed. Not that I haven't been born again. I've been born again, honey. I'm saved. Most people are saved to the bone, not me. Mine goes deeper. I'm saved to the bone marrow. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about there's something about me. Every day I'm crying out more and more and more. Like Paul said, I die daily. Oh, he must increase, but I must decrease. There's something about my life. I'm crying out God. I want to be blessed, but more than that. I want more than just being blessed. I want to be changed. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Let me ask you a question. How many of you really want to be blessed? Come on, shout Amen. amen. But how many will say, I know I need to be changed. Come on now. He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. Now notice, at that point, God didn't say, yes, you definitely are, Jacob. Come on. If ever I've seen a Jacob, yes, you are. I mean, right then and there, it's where God changed everything. Because at that point, he didn't focus on the past. He said, my name is Jacob. He said, but no more. Everybody shot, no more. He said, no more, no more, no more. He said, from this day forth, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but thy name shall be called Israel. 
For as a prince with God, you are. You've got power with God and with man, and you have prevailed. You see something happen. From that point on, he said, I'm not going to focus on your past. I'm going to focus on your future. You see, people today, they may call you by your problem, but God calls you by your potential. Hallelujah. He said, thy name should be called Israel. You're a prince with God and you have prevailed. You see, something happened at that moment. You say, what was it? Three things to notice. First of all, he received a new name. Everybody shout a new name. Number two, he received a new nature. Shout a new nature. And then guess what? And God blessed him there. Woo! He received a new name, a new name. No longer was he known as Israel. I'm talking about from this time forth throughout the scriptures. I mean, you may find where we find these words, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, that was before Penal. But guess what? After that, he's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Hallelujah. Because God doesn't dwell in your past. No, no, no. God says, I've got a new name for you. Come on, somebody. You're not being known as Jacob anymore. You're not being known as a lowlife, as a scuzz bucket, as a riffraff, as a deceiver. But you're going to be known as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a vessel of honor, as a champion, as a conqueror as a warrior, as a winner, as a full-time frontline fanatical freedom fighter. Oh, come on, shout amen. You can have a new name. Hallelujah. Woo. Everybody shout a new name. What else? You're going to have a new nature, a new nature. He says you should be known as Israel because you'll be now a prince with God. Not a pauper, but a prince. And guess what? You're receiving a new nature. Oh, yeah. Not as a loser, but as a winner. Oh, let me tell you something. People may call you all kinds of things. They may say all kinds of things about you, but it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what the Father has to say. Come on, shout amen. I may have shared this before. I don't know if I've shared so much in 46 years. But, but when I was in junior high school, I was a mess with a capital M. I was Native American heathen. Come on now. And I had a seventh grade English teacher. And I thought my assignment in life was to torment her. Come on now. Her name was Mrs. Dean. And she was old as dirt. I mean, she'd been teaching for about 100 years. And so here was, I was in between classes. And I was a heathen, forgive me, I was. Back in those days, you were too. And here was between classes, I was in the boys' room. And if you're a heathen, reprobate, lowlife in the boys' room, what are you doing? Come on, talk to me now. Say it again. Smoke in the boys' room. And here the boys' room was, and Mrs. Dean's room was about where that pole was. And, I, and if you got her room and the bell had already rung, she would have had the door locked. You had to go to the office. But I had it down pat. I knew the time was just right. And I knew the bell was going to ring. And so I was smoking. And I took that last drum, that cigarette, little old me. I was about that big around. And I just filled it in there. And he should watch standing right by the door. I just still went on. I know that did not go for big time. Come on now. Well, I 
I mean, she grabbed me by the ear. Ah, and she's been dragging me down that hallway. And she's pointing that figure at me. That figure about the long, long figure. And she was shaking me while dragging me. She said, Danny Johnson, you are the worst. You are the worst. You're the worst. You're the worst. You're not one of them. You're the worst. You have had in a hundred years of teaching. You'll never, 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 never. I mean, she's had a whole bunch of nethers. You'll never mount anything. I knew where she lived. Come on now. About a block from us, and I, I told him in her yard, too. Come on now. I'm not going to say how, but I did. The same way you did, too. Come on now. But she said, Danny Johnson, you're the worst you ever had. You'll never mount anything. Well, after I got saved, I gave her a copy of that sermon. Oh, yeah. What sermon was this? I preached a message entitled, Mrs. Dean, you were wrong. Hallelujah. Now, maybe we have called you a Jacob, but guess what? God said, no more. You're not going to be a Jacob, but you're going to be an Israel. You're not going to be a loser. You're going to be a winner. Come on now. You're going to have a new name, a new nature. Come on, shout amen. And what happened? He received a new name. He received a new nature. And the Bible says, and then after God did that, the Bible says, and God blessed him there. Everybody shout there. There. Where did God bless him? There. Where? There. God blessed him at the point of change. Hallelujah. You're talking about a man that was blessed because after that, in those days, nobody was blessed like he was. Nobody was blessed like Jacob, like Israel was blessed. You look around today, percentage-wise, percentage-wise, there are more millionaires and billionaires of the people who are Israelites than anybody in the world. Percentage-wise, there are more inventors of people who are Israelites than anybody in the world. Percentage-wise, there are more Nobel Peace winners than any other world than people who are Israelites. Why? Because of the blessing of Almighty God. When you think about people that are blessed, you think about who? Israel, Israel, Israel. Let me say this, and we are part of that same lineage. Come on, shout amen. And God is saying this, my son, my daughter. I don't know what you're going through, but God is saying this. He wants to bless you like you've never been blessed. But first, he's going to change you like you've never been changed. I'm asking you the question. Praise team, would you come? Would you come quickly, please? Praise team, would you come? Let me ask you this question, the same question the Lord is asking. What is your name? What is your name? I'm not talking about Roland. I'm not talking about Dustin. I'm not talking about Chris. I'm not talking about Tom, Jane, Sally, Fred, Nathaniel, Mary. But what is your name? He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Deceiver. My name is Schemer. My name is Trickster. You see, people can look at you on the outside and they think everything's fine. Everything's smooth sailing. Everything's hunky-dory. But you know on the inside, on the outside, Jacob was extremely prosperous. But on the inside, he was bankrupt. And I'm not saying we're not saved. Oh, yes, you've been saved. I've been saved. I'm born again. I know that I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm heaven bound. 
I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I know that. But let's talk for a moment, church. God is asking you the question, but what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? You see, God brought him to the top of Mount Penal. Nobody around, but it's just God and Jacob. It was that encounter, just the two of them. You don't have to shout it out what it is. I was preaching one time in Little Rock. I was preaching on the subject, confess your thoughts one to another. One man stood and he started confessing on his thoughts. Some of the people in the church were part of his thoughts too. I said, brother, sit down, sit down, sit down. But what is it you're going through? What is your name? Would you stand, please? Would you stand? Would you stand? Would you stand? He said, what is your name? 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 Maybe I don't know. Maybe those around you don't know, but you know what your name is. Oh, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? God has sent your name. Until you acknowledge it. Until you say, Lord, it is this, it is this. You'll never have what God wants you to have. What is your name? My name is lust. My name is bitterness. My name is unforgiveness. My name is strife. My name is envy. My name is greed. My name is lying. My name is gossiping. My name is murmuring. My name is complaining. Come on, what is your name? I don't know, but God knows and you know. And that's what was God and God and Jacob alone. He was saying, what is your name? But let me tell you something. On that moment, at that time, when he cried out, my name is Jacob, something happened. He was changed. And then God blessed him. His life. I've come to tell this morning, Island Church, get ready, get ready, get ready, because God is about ready to bless you like never before if you'll allow Him. But let me ask this question. Come on, church. How many of you, like Jacob, you said, I want the blessings of Almighty God? Come on, shout like never before. Are you crying out for more and more and more? But how many of you would say, let's be honest. Let's take off that mask. You walk in the house of God, someone says, how's it going? Woo! Everything's fine. You know what's not? How's it going? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. Because on the inside, Jacob is there. But I'm crying to God, take out the Jacob and put in the Israel. Take out the stony heart and put in the heart of flesh. Take out the old and put in the new. I'm talking to you, brothers and sisters. I've been coming here for 16 years. Let me ask you a question. How many of you today, along with me, I'm not saying you're a sinner. I'm not saying if you died, you go to hell. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this. How many of you deep down would be honest with me and say, I want to be changed. 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 If that's your heart's cry, come on, be honest. If you would say, that's my heart's cry, I want God to do a mighty work in my life. If that's you, raise your hands up right now. Come on, put them up. The Lord asked him one question. What is your name? What is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. My name is deceiver, trickster, supplanter, hill grabber. But he's asking you the question today, what is your name? And by the rule, as I've been traveling across this country, especially in the last few months, God's been saying there's so many people in my church. And they come Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. And they want the blessings that come from me. 
the things of the life that first has to be changed. What I'm going to do is this in just a moment. I'm going to ask you a question. What is your name? You don't have to tell me. You're shouting out loud so the whole church can hear you. But what is your name? My name is fornication. My name is pornography. My name is lust. My name is gospel. My name is greed. My name is backbiting. My name is backstabbing. What is your name? My name is murmuring. What is your name? My name is contention. What is your name? It's racism. What is your name? It's prejudice. What is your name? What is your name? What is your name, church? My name is spiritual laziness. What is your name? Those around you may not know, but you know. But God is saying, it's time to shout it out. Not so those can hear you, but from the depths of your heart to him. What is your name? I'm going to count to three when I say three. I want you to do two things. When I say three, I want you to shout out your name. I'm not talking about Brandy. I'm not talking about Destiny. I'm not talking about your name. But what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? It's unforgiveness. You're a child of God, but still you want the blessing of God, but still there's unforgiveness in your life. What is your name? You want the blessing of God like never before, but still there's bitterness that is there. There's rebellion. What is your name? But when I say three, I want you to shout out your name. But at the same time you shout out your name when I say three, I want you to raise your hands when I say three, when I say three, as an act of surrender to God. And I want you to say, Lord, I give you my all in all. Oh, God, I turn it over to you from this day forth. It's not about me, but it's about you. And I'm here to say, church, get ready, get ready, because I believe with all my heart after this moment that some of you are going to have a new name, a new nature, and God's going to begin to bless you like you've never been blessed before. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your name and raise those hands as an actress when you get ready get ready one get ready get ready get ready get ready it's a new day get ready get ready two get ready get ready get ready get ready get ready get ready here it is get ready three oh what is your name what is your name what is your name oh oh god change us god change us Transform us. Let us never, let us never, never, never be the same again. Oh, surrender. You're all in all. Oh, my God, it's not about me, but it's about thee. Not my will, but thy will be done, oh, God. Oh, create in me a clean heart, oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me, oh, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, come on, church. What is your name? Hallelujah. Oh, sing it again. Oh. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. You're never going to be the same again. Here's the good news. Yes, 
He received any name. He received any nature. He was blessed. But can I give you one more thing? You know, God touched him out of his thigh. The Bible tells us the next morning, he walked off the top of the mountain. But guess what? He had a new walk. Come on now. I don't know how long that limb was there. Maybe a day, a week, a month. I don't know. I don't know. But he had a new walk. And everybody that saw him knew that he had been touched by the Almighty. Come on now. And I believe some of you leave this place today and people are going to look at you. And they're going to say, there's something about that man. Something about that woman. There's something about you because of a new walk. But guess what else happened? The next day when he left the top of the mountain, guess who he encountered? His brother Esau. But Esau said, all is well. Be at peace. All is well. When God changes your life like he wants to change you, he'll bless you. And guess what? You can be at peace because all will be well. I'm going to turn it back to Brother Rowling in about an hour and a half. Just kidding, just kidding. But hear me before I turn it back. Nobody moving, nobody moving. Just stay still for just a moment, if you would. Something happened in August of 1995, and something happened about two months ago. Two months ago, I was flying through Atlanta, Georgia. I love Georgia. Thank God for Georgia. I come from a mixed marriage, I do. My dad's from Alabama, my mama's from Georgia. But I was flying through Atlanta, Georgia, and we landed at gate D30. You say, well, what's gate D30? Well, to you may not mean much, but to me it does. When I landed at gate D30, my mind went back to the summer, August of 1995. I just flown into Atlanta, been flying all night long. I was tired, weary, exhausted, jet lag. Have you been there before? And I went and I sat down at gate D30. There's, there's a flight gonna leave from there. My flight was leaving about an hour later from that same gate. So I, I sat down, I was tired, been up all night flying. And there was five seats in this one row. It was, the row was empty, so I just sat down. I don't know why I did this, but normally I sit on the end, but I just sat down in the middle in the, th- the number three seat. And across from me, there was a row of five seats. There were five men. I sat down. I kind of nodded a friendly hello. They come and nodded back. And I sit there. And I was tired. We were, God said to me, he says, tell them about Jesus. Lord, I'm too tired. Come on, let's be honest. He said, tell them about Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm pooped. Then he says, tell them about Jesus. Because they don't have long to live. I perked up. I looked at him, men in the 30s and 40s, young man, young man. He said, tell them about Jesus because they don't have long to live. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He says, they don't have long to live. They're leaving this world soon. Tell them about Jesus. I didn't know what was going to happen, but the Lord said, tell them about Jesus. I said, okay, Lord, I'll tell them, but you've got to open the door of utterance. How many of you, just, you don't want to just blurt out something in your son? Hey, you guys, get right by God to go to hell. Come on out. Come on, let's be honest. Hey, you better turn to burn. You need, you need some finesse. You have a little bit of cooth about you. Come on out. 
I said, okay, Lord, but you open the door. You open the door. And I was sitting there at gate D30. I said, Lord, you open the door. And by the time the one sitting in the middle, he said to me, where are you going today, Zwella? I said, well, I'm going home to Virginia. I said, where are you going? He said, well, the five of us, we're going to Biloxi, Mississippi on business. I said, oh. I said, what kind of business do you do? He said, well, we work for Exxon Oil. I said, wonderful, that's great. He said, what do you do for a living? The door was open wide. I said, what do I do? I said, for many years, I've traveled this country around the world telling people about Jesus. Now you can say Buddha, people may not look up. Muhammad, they may not look up. But you say Jesus. And I said, I've traveled this world for years. I've told people about Jesus, that he's the son of God. He's the savior of all mankind. You need him in your life. Without him, you're dying, go to hell. You must be born again. And once I started talking, they didn't get a word in. I just, I was on a roll. And I preached a salvation message in about five minutes. Can, can you believe that? That's a miracle. I preached for five minutes. For about five minutes. I preached about a five-minute salvation message. I said, that's what I do. And they're all were looking. God was opening their hearts. And when I finished, you see, that flight was late by about 20 minutes. I believe God had it late so I could get there. I said, that's what I do. And then they just were now ready to board all roads at this time for Biloxi. And I didn't have time to give an altar call. I didn't have time for the keyboard to start playing, you know, just as I am. But I said, fellas, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, ask him to come in your life. Accept him now. And I could hear a couple of those. I say, thank you, preacher. Right on. You're telling the truth. Little one-liners, they said, keep on, keep on telling that. And then they got up, gathered their belongings, began to walk away. And God said with a greater intention, now pray for them, pray for them. Now pray for them because they don't have long to live. And I was sitting there in that seat. I didn't start going, but in my breath, I just heard, she love cool I started praying. He said, pray for him, pray for him. And I felt that burn. He kept saying over and over, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. Pray for him to have long to live. And I must have sat there for about maybe 30 minutes, praying, she And then that burden lifted. I finally got on my plane. I went home. When I got home, my wife picked me up. The first thing I remember was this. She said, baby, I'm so glad that wasn't your plane that crashes or what plane? She said, because about two hours ago, there's a plane going from Atlanta, Georgia, a Delta connector, going from Atlanta to Biloxi. It crashed in a Georgia farm field, and all were killed. But I believe one thing. I believe when the pilot says, brace yourself for going down. I believe those five men said, hey, we may go down, but I want to go up with Jesus. I believe they heard the words that I said. I said, I don't want to be lost. If I go down, I need Jesus. And I believe somehow, some way, someday, I'll see those five men around the throne of grace. But when I saw the number of that gate two months ago, gate D30, that flashed 
my mind again. I'd forgot about it. In years, I thought about it. And God said, I want you to begin to tell the people everywhere you go, be ready because you may not have very long. And they didn't know when they got on board that plane about 30 minutes later after takeoff, it would crash. They didn't know. We don't know what life holds. I'm not a negative man. Not a, I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom and woe and calamity. But I've come saying this. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. And I'm asking, are you ready? Before turning back to Brother Roland, let me ask you one more time. Are you ready? Every head is bound. Every eye is closed. Please, without exception. I would never do anything to embarrass you, to put you in the spot. I would never point a finger of accusation at you. But I just want to point you to Jesus and say you could have life and life more abundantly in him. But you've got to be born again. You must ask him to come in your life and take over. Your life could end today like those five men. The life ended that day on that Monday in August. I'm asking you the question. Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready? With his mouth and eyes closed, nobody looking around, nobody moving, nobody stirring. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you. But the only way I will know for those that I should be praying for is this. I'm going to have you begin to lift your hands up high. If you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, are you away from God? Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you're growing cold. But you say, I need a fresh start. As you raise your hands up, I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you. But better than that, as you raise your hands up high, Jesus our Lord, he'll see your hand. He'll take over your life. You'll never be the same again. So right now, if you're not where you should be with God, raise your hands right now. Put them up. Put them up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? God bless you. Here's another. God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? Come on quickly. Come on, put them up quickly. You say, I got plenty of time. Do you? We don't know. The Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour. It's appointed him once to die. And the mankind, raise your hands. Are there others? 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 We're going to pray. Everybody look up, look up, look up, look up. There's several hands that went up today. Everybody pray this after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to get a hold of my life and don't let go. I need you in my life because without you, my life is a mess. Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God. You shed your blood for me to wash me clean, to make me righteous in your sight. You died for me, but you rose from the dead for me. You're alive. You're alive. And as you right now to come in my life and be the Lord of my life, take over my life, every part of my life. And from this time forth, with your help, with the power of your Holy Spirit, I will live for you. I will serve you. I won't turn back, but I'll keep on for you. I'm yours. You're mine. We're together forever. Amen. Now give the Lord a shout of praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You that raised your hands and prayed, and you that didn't, but you prayed. Hear me. What do you do now? You read the Bible every day. Get you a good Bible, one that you can understand. What else? You pray every day. What else? Every time the church doors are open, you be here. You find yourself a good church. 
and I recommend this church. I love you. Now tell you what, tonight, since you're not Sunday morning Christians, be back. Because God has a breakthrough for you, a touch for you, a miracle for you. We're going to take our time tonight praying for everybody. I love you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.